We are live for WWE Fastlane review. Also, the big news coming out early this morning that Andrade has been released from his WWE contract. We talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, Andrade officially released by WWE, and there's a lot talking about it since then. So let's talk about it. Uh, it is official that Andrade is gone, and according to Dave Meltzer, there is no 90-day compete cla- uh, no compete clause. He can be a free agent wherever he wants. A lot of influence from Charlotte, according to rumors. So let's dive into it. What are your overall thoughts with Andrade getting released from WWE? I am uh, actually very surprised by this. I'm surprised mostly because of the presence of AEW and the fact that they have such a if you want to consider it prominent role, you know, I guess you could say probably since WCW was in business, there really hasn't been a legitimate type of competition to come around and challenge WWE. Now, I don't think they're at that level right now where they can go head to head with WWE. Um, but at the same time, it's surprising to see somebody as talented as Andrade, at least in the ring, uh, let the, they essentially just let him walk. Now, I imagine at some point we're going to get the real story because there's all types of uh, speculation and innuendo, if you will. But, you know, nothing is necessarily confirmed other than the fact that he is gone from WWE, which is really surprising to me. Yeah, it really is surprising. And the fact that if the rumor is true, the speculations are true from Meltzer that uh, he does not have a no compete clause. Obviously, this circulates everybody saying, oh, my God, Wednesday night, we're going to see Andrade on AEW. I don't think it's going to be that fast. But how quick do you think he joins another promotion knowing this information where he can go wherever he wants, essentially, now that the releases happen with no compete clause? I mean, look, if he if there is a real possibility that there is no compete clause, I mean, realistically, if I am Tony Khan, if you're trying to make some type of waves within the wrestling industry, I mean, this is going to get a lot of attention, certainly amongst hardcore fans, especially those that pay attention closely to not only just WWE, but NXT specifically, because, you know, his his main run main roster run was not good. So I I think that majority of the people that know who he is are going to compare him to the success he had on NXT. So that being said, uh, if there really is a no, no compete, a a non-compete clause, or he doesn't have a non-complete compete clause. um, If dynamite was live, which is dynamite live this week. Yes, it is. Maybe, maybe he shows up Wednesday. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, certainly he wants to work. He made that very clear. Yes. Which um, which is still like why Vince McMahon would allow him to not go with a non-compete clause. Yeah, I know he did it with FTR. And I think that's really it as far as the releases last year. I think everyone else had the 90-day no-compete clause. When Sean Spears was released and when Dustin was released, they had 90-day no-compete clauses. But Andrade here... I don't know. And maybe it was just that Vince just knew he was not going to use him within the 90 days. He doesn't really care that he's going to go to another promotion. If if he goes to AEW, uh, is he going to be that big of a factor? I mean, yes, he's a good in-ring wrestler, but English is not his first language. And Vince probably sees that and goes, this guy's not going to draw ratings. He can't even speak the native language. Well, I think that's probably one of the things that, 
I mean, look, in ring wise, yeah, he's he's great. He can go out there and perform. Everybody knows that. But unless and you know, unless they sign Zelina Vega and bring him in as a, as his mouthpiece, which uh, people have already been speculating about that. At in ring wise, yeah, this is this would be a big get for AEW. But as far as shifting the the uh, the balance of power in pro wrestling, maybe not so much because. You know, when you start talking about his ability to draw on things like that, he's not necessarily a proven commodity, at least as far as his run on the main roster. So right. in ring wise, absolute great talent, somebody that they should try to pick up um, if he's going to make that much of a difference to get them any closer to challenging WWE, not in the short term, maybe in the long term, if he can get, you know, a little more attention. But that remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I agree. And. You bring up Zelina Vega. Does he join forces with her wherever the next wherever the next destination is for Andrade? I think if he goes to an, an American promotion, whether that is AEW or he goes to uh, Ring of Honor, I know some people have made the connection with him and Roosh and Dragon Lee. Certainly a possibility. Uh, reform uh, Los Angonables. You also can have him go to New Japan because he worked there as well under the uh, La Sombra name, uh, working with CMLL and their partnership. Maybe he joins Los Angonables de Japón with Tetsuya Naito. That would certainly be interesting. He could, I, I don't know, is he technically a cruiserweight? I, I don't think so. I think he's over 205 no, pounds. So. so either he goes into the G1 or the best of the Super Juniors and have a lot of dream matches with a lot of people in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that's a possibility. Does he go to Impact Wrestling? I know I haven't seen a lot of people bring up New Japan, uh, uh, excuse me, Impact, but who knows? Maybe with AEW and the partnership there and, you know, their best ratings that they've seen in a while on Access TV because of that, maybe they got a couple extra bucks to throw at Andrade. Maybe Charlotte Flair is the one that's bringing in all the money and Andrade doesn't care about money too much. He just wants to wrestle again. So, a lot of lot of things thrown in there. So you want to dive into the? Uh, do you want to dive into the uh, rumor and innuendo surrounding Charlotte's ultimatum that she supposedly threw at Vince? Right. So I'm Who not sure if that's true. But... Do you know where this rumor started? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I certainly have seen it on Twitter and all over social media, but I I don't know if there's any truth to any of that. But it's interesting if it is true. I don't. Yeah. I don't know, though. Yeah, so to get people sped up on this, in case you haven't heard, the rumor is Charlotte gave Vince McMahon basically an ultimatum that she would walk out of the company if Andrade was not granted his release. Uh, Also, Vince gave the option of Charlotte saying, hey, you want Andrade out, we will agree to it, but you have to forego WrestleMania this year, thinking she would not agree to that. Apparently, she did agree to that, and Andrade got his release. So I don't know where that, that I don't know where the rumor started. I haven't seen a source and look, someone copied and pasted some clip off a website. I, I don't know where it came from. If someone can let me know in the uh, live chat or in the comments, I greatly appreciate where that rumor started. But if it's true, props to Charlotte for standing up, you know, for her fiance and to say, Listen, he's not happy here. You're not using him. You know, if if he's not happy, I'm not happy. So mm-hmm. you better make me happy because I'm the face of the women's division or one of them. So you better you better do make it right, Vince. 
Yeah. And if people, people can hate her all they want. And I know that's, you know, a, a fairly common thing nowadays. It's trendy to hate on Charlotte Flair, whether, whether you choose to, or you don't, I mean, she's certainly talented and she's certainly one of the best female wrestlers in the world. So, um, I, I highly doubt if Vince was given an ultimatum and she threatened to walk, he was going to allow her to do so. Right. Charlotte is worth more to the WWE than Andrade is, unfortunately, or just, just, you know, and that's only because Andrade is not an established star and she doesn't have the last name Flair. So Mm -hmm. that there's that. Right. But I do want to bring up this $5 super chat. Thank you very much to uh, Harold Romero for joining the super chat party with your $5 donation. He comments saying good thing, no matter where he goes, whether it's AEW, AAA, Impact, NWA, have an open door policy to work in other indies. The flares help a lot. That means Charlotte is a keeper. So I agree. Like, I, I I I would have thought if Vince said no WrestleMania or Charlotte uh, Andrade gets released, I would have thought she would have picked uh, WrestleMania because she's going to have a whole a high profile match, most likely challenging Oscar for that Raw Women's Title. Now, if it's true, and she's going to forego WrestleMania, Oscar didn't really have much of a path to begin with. So, what is the path to the Raw Women's Championship now? Uh, so Rhea Ripley is is certainly debuting soon from tonight. what we've heard. Tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which there's that possibility, but at the same time, I they're, they're, they could go that path or they could go Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce right now is was at least as of last week the hot hand, but Rhea Ripley, I would imagine, is the favorite. But here's the problem. If Peyton Royce gets the momentum like Daniel Bryan had at the time when he was really hot, and I'm not saying she's at that level yet, but she certainly can get there if people start to get behind her. Mm -hmm. Um, You start risking putting Rhea in that same position where, okay, well, she's brought up. They're already forcing her down our throat. And I know that's something they probably shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Rhea's got a lot of a, a long career ahead of her, you would think. So one of those two routes, I'd imagine. Right. Uh, I know this whole women's championship story with Raw has completely been derailed since Lacey Evans uh, announced that she was pregnant. I bet you the story was supposed to be Lacey versus Charlotte at Mania, where Lacey was supposed to take the title off of Asuka. But now Asuka, you know, maybe they go with Shayna. You know, Shayna was the one that knocked her tooth out. So do they do a storyline with her? And then Nia goes for the SmackDown Women's Championship after WrestleMania. And they create like a two-woman power trip with the with the tag team titles. I hope that's not the way they go, but that's certainly a possibility. This will be a nice transition because if if it means getting those tag team titles anywhere near anywhere near another main event title shot, I, I would not want to see it. Right. There's no reason for it. Well, we'll see what happens. But let's segue into Fastlane itself. There were seven matches on the main show. Now, did you watch on the WWE Network or did you upgrade your box to get Peacock last night? So I did order the new box. I did not get it in the mail yet, but I was able to watch it from uh, my bedroom has an updated box. So I was able to watch it there from the Peacock Network. So what were your thoughts on on Peacock? Because Apparently there were issues with it. I know I know the pause and the rewind is a big problem. Yep. And I don't know if that was the reason why the tweet came out from WWE saying we will fix all the issues with Peacock, but 
I didn't notice any other issue with the Peacock stream other than the fact that you could not pause or rewind. What were did you notice anything? I did not. No, those were the only things I did notice. Um, I didn't have any other issues with it at all. Yeah. I, I, mean, I had a better experience with the, even despite not being able to rewind or pause, which kind of stunk. I had a better experience with this in comparison to the WWE network or app, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where the WWE network, a lot of people had buffering issues and things wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to track it right. It, the start from the beginning didn't always work. So this was really smooth. And I got on bef- on the pre-show. So I didn't really notice anything as as far as the pause or anything. I didn't really need to do it. I'll admit I was like really, really tired before Fastlane started because of I, I had my my wife's baby shower yesterday and I was moving around a lot in the heat. And you might notice like this really bad sunburn from the mask. I don't know if you could tell with the camera, but man, the sun knocked me out yesterday. So I I fell asleep during one of the matches but if i had the pause and rewind i would have caught up with it but i watched it the next morning today but let's get into this first match ralph the women's tag team championship Shayna baszler and nia Jax retain against bianca belair and sasha banks reginald gets involved yet again uh basically uh Bianca has enough. Sasha slaps her in the face after the match. It leads to them, you know, finally having some kind of tension, some kind of story. I like the after match stuff. I think they needed some kind of some kind of tension or whatever. So this was the right approach to do it. I am not a fan of the build heading to it with the use of Reginald and the women's tag team title. They could have done a much better way to book this on SmackDown. This, to me, felt kind of a waste of time, but they needed this segment right here to help push this story to WrestleMania now. Yeah, and this this match pretty much sums up my thoughts on the in-between time between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and I, I've been consistent with this the entire time. I think there is far too much time between both Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and, and they're forced to do things like this to try and keep things fresh or entertaining unfortunately this this match itself this feud itself has not been neither fresh or entertaining it, it, mm-hmm. if the match itself i did not think it was good i don't think the feud itself was good i don't think it does anything for anybody involved in the match minus or if you want to take into consideration the after match stuff like you said where sasha apparently turned heel and we're actually going to see some type of momentum going into wrestlemania between these two that's what i'm hoping for Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was not a fan of the match. I wasn't a fan of the feud. I, you know, I, the, even the pay-per-view itself, there was very little storyline progression, a majority of the, the night. I mean, a couple things here or there, but that match itself didn't do anything for me. I see not a couple, I see a couple comments in the live chat here. Reggie is the star of the women's division and Reggie will be women's champion at some point. Now, it wouldn't be the first time a man has won the women's title. I remember, was it Harvey Whippleman won it way back oh, when? Geez. During the Attitude Maybe. Era, I think. Um, and did Santina ever win? I know I know Santina won the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 25, but did Santina ever win the women's championship? Uh, I don't recall. Or at least the Divas, whatever title it was then. So, 
I mean, it, it's possible. I hope that's not the case because I think the whole Reginald thing, it, like they, WWE needed something to create tension between Bianca and Sasha, like I said, but I think Reginald is not the right way to do that. It was very easy. All they had to do was this whole rookie and veteran dynamic that we saw after the match. And you could have told that story all the way out and have uh, Bianca win match after match after match, just proving her point. And then Sasha comes in and maybe wins matches faster uh, against the same opponent the following week. Like anything you could do, I could do better kind of thing. That's all they needed. But yet they made it so convoluted and included Nia and Shayna to make them relevant because, oh, my God, they pinned the SmackDown Women's Champion to make that title relevant. But we all know that title is not relevant. As, do, do you remember my that was my, one of my original concerns with Bianca Belair winning the Royal Rumble or just in general, the, the amount of time between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, especially nowadays where so many people are just so connected to social media and they're not always consuming content just by watching on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. They're getting it from YouTube. They're getting it from Instagram, mm-hmm. wherever they choose to get their wrestling fill. They're getting it from somewhere. Right. So to keep a storyline fresh and entertaining and not keep, not exhausting people. Like, if you said to people, how excited are you for Bianca Belair in the main event, potential main event at WrestleMania after she won the Royal Rumble, that may have been the peak. And they're going to have to build it back up from its low right now because, unfortunately, we've been on this roller coaster ride because there is so much time between. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can't necessarily fix that unless they cut down on pay-per-views. They can't cut down on weekly shows, and they can't cut down on their social media engagement. So... You know, how, how do you do that? You shorten the amount of time between right. Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I don't think they're willing to do that. But for the sake of ensuring the success of your future stars, potentially, and not exposing somebody like Bianca. I mean, I think it's it really simple. I think it's really simple. I think it's what? 12 weeks between Rumble and Mania. Close to that. 12, 13 weeks. Yeah. 12 to 13 weeks. You don't do any you don't do elimination chamber and you don't do fast lane you do a saturday night main event on nbc that's it and then have the replay yeah. on peacock that's all you do or you you simulcast it on peacock whatever you want to do that's what they should do between royal rumble and mania and then they could have had this match and it would have helped progress it better but now 13 weeks it used to be a, a great way to build stuff and aew does a, a, a decent job Sometimes with their long-term stories because they have to go three months between pay-per-views. So WWE going from month to month to month, it's like, oh crap, we got to build fast lane. This is what happens because of it. It becomes more of a speed bump than a fast lane to WrestleMania. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Speed bump, um, barricade, whatever you want to call it. You want to call Roadblock it roadblock is the best term because they certainly would have to clear the path to WrestleMania after yep. last night, in my opinion. Right. And they already have the copyright for the name roadblock. Cause that was a pay-per-view a few years back. So why not do that? But uh, let's head to the next match here. It is the intercontinental championship match between Big E and Apollo Cruz. I thought this match was off to a great start. Mm-hmm. I love this new angry version of Big E that Apollo Cruz has brought out of him. And Apollo Crews looked good, but then this weird finish happens. And, you know, you have Apollo Crews for the roll-up. The referee counts two, but then Biggie somehow tips it back, goes into a bridge, and the ref counts three, so Biggie wins. 
I, no replay, so I don't know if it's a botch or what, but what are your thoughts on this? This is, again, exactly the type of ending that you would expect when you have a meaningless pay-per-view sandwiched between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Because, yeah, you're right. The start to this match was very good. The build to the match was very good. Apollo Crews seems to be doing the best work of his career. Mind you, I was thinking about this, and I legitimately thought this because I made a note of it. Mm -hmm. That spear that he comes out with. Yes. How does he get that through customs? The same way Drew McIntyre gets through customs with his Claymore sword. How does he get that through customs? I don't Do know. Pass because they're they're WWE superstars? Private jets, maybe? I don't know. Why do they have to go through customs? They live in Florida now. It's a valid question, I would think. Well, maybe someone in the comment section or the the live chat can provide an answer, but... So anyway, back to back to the the match or the lack thereof, because this was what maybe five six minutes. Uh, hold on, I think I have the times here. Do I have the page still up? Hang on one second. This match was five minutes and forty five seconds. Okay, so five minutes and forty five seconds, seven of which were not very good. The rest, which I found very entertaining. Now the post match stuff, I thought was very good. Uh, it was. Cruz, mind you, move set directly from Kurt Angle himself. He did the triple uh, German suplex in the match, and then he gave him two angle, sl- two or three angle slams, I believe. Something like that, yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It is the, the aside from the SCPB podcast, the Angle podcast is the number one podcast in the world right now. We're see. coming for Kurt Angle. I mean, right we now, Kurt are. Angle's ranked number one, but we're ranked. Okay, we're not ranked, but one day we will be ranked. You got to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That helps with the rankings and whatever. Precisely. And, and of course, you know, do the subscribing here on YouTube, like the video, share it all over social media, all that fun stuff. And we also have, uh, you see the merch behind me? That's some of the things you can find in our merch store as part of Merchamania, which is happening between now and uh, uh, WrestleMania. 20% off all our merch. Use the promo code MANIA at checkout. Link's in the description, guys, so definitely check that out. But what do you think of Apollo Cruz's Nigerian accent? Because I see some people love it. Some people are like, Vince is giving him an accent. What the hell is this? But I'm pretty sure. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong in the, in the chat. But uh, didn't, didn't he use that accent in the indies? Oh, I don't know that. I would not know that. Yeah, somebody. I, I'm sure somebody would. I don't know that. Um, look, this is, is to me. This is by far the the best work and the most relevant work he's had since coming up to the main roster. I, I it's not even a question in my mind. Mm-hmm. Their feud and that match last night was one of the matches I was certainly looking forward to, and it's one of the matches yep. that I'm going to look forward to going into WrestleMania. Yes, with or without an accent, it doesn't matter to me. So if he wants to use the accent because it makes him look more uh, or sound more um, uh, appealing or it makes him sound more professional or whatever you want to call it. Right. I have no problem with it. If it's more convincing, let him do it. If it it draws heat and it gets people pissed off again, that's the point of it. Right. Right. And and it's not like Kofi Kingston's where, you know, it's like the reverse of it where he magically came from Jamaica, lost the accent. This time, Apollo Crews spoke perfect English and gained a Nigerian accent. So it's very interesting. Uh, 
let's see. Actually, someone has commented on this. So this is from Shay. Uh, from a Nigerian person to another, that's a Nigerian accent, and nine times out of ten, probably talks that way in front of his family. So there you have yeah. it. Yeah, and then someone did co- uh, confirm Apollo did use that. But uh, as far as your question about the, the customs, Ralph, we got two answers. So take whichever one you want. Uh, Harold Romero uh, is saying that the sword is Vince's, the spear is his as well. So it doesn't have to worry about customs. Zero the Hero said they get through customs through Matt Hardy's teleportation. Oh, we're going to talk about <laughs> magic and teleportation. We're going to have plenty of that later on in the night. Yes, we will. Uh, someone said, simple answer, how to, how Apollo's spear and McIntyre's sword is dot, 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 wrestling. It, wrestling doesn't follow logic, apparently, but... Let's head to the next match, Ralph, which was a total waste of time. So let's not dive too much into this, but I feel like we're going to waste some time on it. Braun Strowman squashes Elias, who was supposed to be Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon gets injured with a knee injury while training for his match. Elias tries to get at WrestleMania. Shane's like, nope, you're filling in for me tonight. And Braun just squashes him for, let's see, how long was this match? This match was three minutes and 50 seconds. Three minutes and 50 seconds, which was the shortest match of the night. Did we really need to use this three minutes and 50 seconds for this? This could have been done on Raw. It really should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should have been. It, well, it shouldn't even be done on Raw. I, I, so going into the pay-per-view, zero interest in Shane and Stro, uh, Strowman. Going into WrestleMania, I'll still have zero interest in this. They could find the nearest exit off the fast lane highway or the highway to WrestleMania. <laughs> Let the car break down. Let the Strowman Express go off the rails. Find a new path. Go your opposite ways. <laughs> is this, is this, and, and you know, it's just frustrating to me because for everything that WWE gets right sometimes, that you just sit back and you're like, why? This is the best we're going to find for Braun Strowman going into WrestleMania is a, a feud against Shane McMahon. While and, he's getting, and, and while Jack. he's getting Nickelodeon Gak on him. I just, I just, and this is, this is where it's just indefensible. I can, I can't defend WWE in this situation. No, it's, I mean, I like Braun Strowman. I, off the show, you and I go back and forth on Strowman. I feel like there is star potential there, but WWE has found every which way to ruin this guy. But even, even if I didn't like Strowman, and I'm not a huge fan of his, because I certainly don't think he's, capable of being the big star that you may think and that's fine he's better than what he's doing right now i can yes. guarantee that a hundred percent yes I, so, I agree but you know i feel like we've talked more about this in the actual match itself so let's head to the next match seth rollins versus shinsuke nakamura uh little, little build to this but for what for what it's worth i thought this match was really good at this point of the night easily the match of the night and yeah you know, I mean, you you got two of the best here. Obviously, a dream match between Shinsuke and Seth. Uh, I don't know if they ever met when Seth was in Ring of Honor and Nock was in New Japan. I don't know if like the the partnership crossed and they had a match. If not, I'd like to see it because if this match was good, I would think the match in the Indies would be very good as well to watch that. No, I'll have to dig no. through YouTube. I don't know. The Forbidden Door wasn't open then because, you know, the Forbidden Door only existed when AEW came to fruition. No, Ring of Honor, New Japan have had that op- Forbidden Door wide open for years before. Oh, so that's not a new thing? 
No, that's not a new thing. Oh. It's just a new thing on national television. Oh. Yes. Because TNA didn't do it? TNA did it, but they made uh, Kazuchika Okada dress up like uh, the Green Hornet sidekick there. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. I'm just being salty for no reason, trying to piss people off, so. Well, people don't like that, Ralph. No reason to be salty. It's not good. It's not good for your diet. Don't don't be salty. But back to the match itself. I thought this was really good. I love Seth Rollins talking to the camera and talking to Shinsuke during this whole match. I thought that was excellent. And they did it in the next match too, which I'm not a fan of the same thing happening in both matches. And even the Roman match had it too. But when you have these no fan things, you got to find a way to help tell the story. And when there's no fans there, you could do something like that. So, oh, yeah, Seth and uh, Nakamura face each other champion versus champion match. I forgot about that. Survivor Series a couple years back. I forgot about that. Seth had the IC title and Shinsuke had the uh, yeah. United States title. I have to rewatch that match on Peacock if it's there, which I don't think it is. I It probably is not. It, it, to be quite honest with you, even going back to try and find the replay of Fastlane was a project on Peacock when I tried to find the replay. No, I ain't finding it as a project. You just go to the WWE tab. It's the first thing there. So I went through it. I tried to do it two different ways. One, I went directly to, like, they have a thing that pops up and it says WWE on Peacock or whatever. I clicked on that. Couldn't find it anywhere. Then I went to my app selection on the on on the TV, and it was right there. So I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But either way. I have to do a walkthrough with you after the show, I guess, but... Uh, let's head to this next match. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in the no disqualification match. They beat the hell out of each other. Loved it. As soon Loved as I it. saw as soon as I saw Drew in the war paint, I'm like, yes, this is gonna be a, a damn good match. And they went all over the place. They were beating each other up. They laid it out there. And these are the kind of matches I like. Mm-hmm. Take away yeah. the tope suicidas. Take away all the flips and the dives and the unnecessary crap with no psychology. Just have two guys, 260-plus guys, beat the hell out of each other for 20 minutes. I'll take that any day over that stuff. So this was a great match, a great way to pull off the feud. Uh, McIntyre wins, obviously, to build him up for WrestleMania, which him and Lashley, I think, are going to have a great follow-up for this. Excellent match. Definitely the match of the night. So two things. One, I always talk about this. You want your top tier performers to raise the level of their competition, meaning whoever in the they're in the ring with. And Shawn Michaels was great at this. Others were very good as well. But Shawn Michaels comes to mind every time I think of this. You want them to be able to raise the level of their competition. So if even if they can't perform at that level, and I'm not saying Sheamus is in this boat, Drew McIntyre, since he won that title, or maybe even before this, has been one of the most consistent guys in terms of delivering match after match after match every single time he goes out there. This was no exception. This was great. They literally beat the crap out of each other. They did. Uh, Sheamus, I mean, the, the battle scars on his back alone, his chest, I mean, similar to Daniel Bryan, as soon as you touch the guy, he's going to get all types of welts and red marks. And that brings me to my next point. Sheamus probably right now doesn't get the credit he deserves because right now in 2021, uh, I don't know if many people would have thought that Sheamus would be seeing more or less a resurgence in his career because mm -hmm. I think he was he fell into that category of a guy that kind of won a couple championships, but nobody really took seriously anymore. 
probably wouldn't get another championship opportunity, but I don't know what they're going to do with him going into WrestleMania. Um, but I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to get him into the WWE championship match, but I think it's harder now that he lost this match. I think it's also harder because you already assume that we're going to have another triple threat. You would think, well, I mean, we're yeah. going to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, she, I mean, it sucks because Sheamus is on such a roll of having these great matches, but at the same time, he has not won those matches that he's had great matches and he's, he's probably lost more than he's won. If I go back and look, uh, but this was like, Sheamus is on such a roll. You would think he's come, like he was in his twenties, the way he's having his matches right now. He well, is he's working like a veteran. He's working he like he knows what he's doing. So, right, he he really is. And and props to McIntyre too, because McIntyre slowly became an afterthought when the Miz cashed in on him, and it became all about Lashley. And Lashley, to to his credit, has quickly become like the the face of the company already, or at least the face of Raw. But Drew's still there and trying to prove like he is still the face of Raw. And even though the fact that they've they have this match announced without really any story to it, all right, Drew's automatically going to be facing Lashley without any match to really give him that spot was a little annoying. But after this match, no one could no one could say that Drew and Lashley is is the wrong call for Mania. No, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. I mean, it was never really a question in my mind unless Lesnar was going to come back. Right. But um, this is the match to make. Yes, I agree. I agree. But let's head to the next. Shall we call it a match or do we call it a segment? I didn't even have like a normal graphic here, as you guys see on the overlay. It's just a picture of this new fiend character. He cut his rise from the ashes and he looks like, as some people compare him to Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. Uh, what are your thoughts What's on this? What's the guy's name? Krang? Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yep. the brain. Yep. Swamp Thing. Yep. Uh, Jason from, it's either Jason Goes to Hell or Jason Takes Manhattan. Maybe it was Jason X. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know at this point. Yeah. I don't obviously even know what to call this. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, horror reference to this. And I got to admit, the match and all that stuff, you know, if you, you're not a fan of the whole fireball thing, if you're not a fan of the... The the lights going down on Randy when Alexa has telekinetic powers, apparently. And this whole thing with Bray. If you're not a fan of it, I totally understand. But I actually like, I like this getup. I like the new burnt mask. I hate the vest. The vest looks stupid as hell. The mask I love. And I'm not a horror fan. But I think those that are horror fans can appreciate this and think this looks really, really good. And I understand if you're not a fan of this, why you want to be a fan of this. And this is really such a polarizing character now because I see either this is the best thing Raw offers or this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Here's here's the problem. I could deal with the mask. The mask looks pretty good. So props to whoever did that. Um, The burns, the pretending that this is actually somebody who has risen from being burned alive. I guess we're supposed to suspend our disbelief. But I'm sorry, you lose me with the fireballs and the parts of the set falling. Randy Orton throwing up black stuff. It's just... 
it's just too silly for me. It's too carny. There's there's a few things in pro wrestling that I'm frankly just sick of. Um, Tony Khan paid commercials on 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 um, Impact. <laughs> That's certainly one of them. Um, I would say Orange Cassie would fall into that category, but frankly, he's not on TV quite that much anymore, so we don't have to count that. Braun Strowman, Retribution, and The Fiend is probably right at the top of my list. Now, well, Retribution this... apparently broke up last night Good on the pre-show. Rubbish. Thank God. Yeah. And 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 maybe at maybe uh, Alexa Bliss will snap out of this trance, and I I don't know, but Alexa Bliss is doing fine. She's good in this role. I'm just not into it, man. I can't get into this stuff. I can't, I can't sit here and pretend to like something. And this is the problem with the fiend that I've always, always said. Mm-hmm. There's a ceiling to this. When everybody right. was was complaining, oh, Goldberg buried him. No, there, there was. There's only f- so far you're going to go with something like this because not everybody's going to be accepting to fireballs and magic and throwing up black goo and whatever else comes with this character. It's just you're not going to find a lot of people that get into that. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know where they go from here, but. Well, obviously, it's going to lead to a match at Mania. Now, the question is, does it lead to a regular match or are they going to have some kind of weird stipulation, Firefly, Funhouse cinematic thing to this? And does does Randy Orton go over at WrestleMania? Because. If if Orton does not win this after all is said and done, I think Randy can can bounce back from it, but it's not going to help him. I don't think. Like, I mean, granted, they had to repackage the Fiend. I think everyone needs to admit that the the Fiend needed to be repackaged. I think this is a good starting point. But now the question is, where do they go from here? How do they follow it up? So. Can they follow up the fiend to make him relevant again, or is it is it damaged goods at this point? They have they have no choice. I mean, they have no choice. They're going to have to do something with him. Maybe and, what and, you- and, and for what it's worth, some people still love the fiend. Some people love the character. I I don't know. I think after last night, I think some people may have uh, jumped ship and kind of gotten off that boat as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. It's just it's just too polarizing. I mean, what they could do is let him have one final run as the Fiend character, bury him alive, and then he comes back as some new biker or something. Something biker. totally new, totally new concept where he gets buried alive and then comes back as a biker. Well, it's 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 a shame because Bray Wyatt is I mean, promo-wise he's very good. And that's the other thing, like the the matches that the Fiend has had it's not like they've been good. There's been a couple here and there, but they haven't been good. Like they're not. That's why I don't know why people are so hung up on this idea or or myth, whatever you want to call it, that you know this fiend should be this. The fiend should be this untouchable guy. It's it has a ceiling. Mm-hmm. People need to be realistic about that. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's the problem is like if you could if you could handle the Undertaker especially in the early days where he was doing a lot of weird stuff. And then during the attitude era, he's got throwing lightning balls at people and, and the whole ministry of darkness thing. How can okay, you, but, how can but, you not be a fan of the fiend? Okay. So, and I, this always gets brought up. First of all, 
the Undertaker when he was truly like the Undertaker character, it 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 was mostly during the eighties, early nineties when you had a lot of other characters like that, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is the Undertaker is a legend of professional wrestling that I think we've just all come to more or less accept what comes with the Undertaker. Like yeah. The fireballs, the lightning, right. all that type of stuff. Bray Wyatt is not at that level. Matt Hardy is not at that level. That's why when you see other people doing it, it's just kind of like, yes, I, I think that realistically Undertaker gets a pass. But at the same time, there was a long stretch where the Undertaker was not the Undertaker that we see or saw from the 90s and 80s to, to today. It was the Undertaker was the American badass. He had to change because he saw that it was getting outdated. Mm-hmm. Now, they were able to revisit it because people were still into it. Right. But, you know, maybe that's what they need to do. They need to get away from the fiend and save it for, you know, maybe Bray gets in this big grudge and he has to come back as the fiend or something. I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, they could do what they were trying to do with Finn Balor and the demon, which I think what Bray was supposed to be at first with this fiend character, that's what it should have been. But what ended up happening was The Fiend just came out in every pay-per-view and it, it kind of overstayed his welcome quick. Hell in a Cell happens. Then Goldberg beats him in less than five minutes and it loses its luster like instantly. Yeah. So it, you have it, to it, find it, a whole way to rebuild them. And it's been a year, over a year, and they still can't do it. Hopefully this is the start of something new. But I think some people, you know, like you are just, there's a ceiling and he's not going to break it. And, and here's the thing. If they stuck with Bray Wyatt has a split personality and he's got some type of, I don't know the proper terminology for it, but some type of disorder where he believes he's both like literally Tyler Durden from, from fight club, mm-hmm. a more realistic approach to this without the magic, without all this other stuff and like attracts people that are weak minded. Like let's say it was Alexa bliss for this example. Cause they're kind of in they're, they're They come together as a package. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. Something that is engaging and well thought out and cool storytelling. And this guy who's kind of like a maniac, but instead they turned it into this black magic and, and fireballs and all the other stuff that you just can't get into. Mm-hmm. Had they stuck with split personality psycho, I'd be right. Th- I, I would love it. And I think that Bray Wyatt can pull it off and be, that's something where you don't have that ceiling. But when you start going to the magic and everything else, I'm not into it. And I'm sure other people aren't into it either. Yeah, but I, I well, I mean, it all depends. I think there's obviously an interest there. A lot of people do love it, but we'll see how it goes heading into WrestleMania. Now that he's back, does he help with the ratings? Who knows? Who knows? But let's head to the main event, Ralph. Roman Reigns yeah. and Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship with Edge as the special enforcer. I thought this match was really, really good. I'll admit this was a little slow at, at the beginning, but this is kind of like a match that you typically see from a guy like Kazuchika Okada, who's one of my favorite wrestlers. They start out really, really slow, but then when it kicks into that gear, it's like, watch out, this stuff is really good. This is the yeah. same thing. You know, it was really, really slow at first, but it it meant it, it was meant to be for the story. It had to start out slow because Daniel Bryan was basically toying with Roman Reigns. But then once they kicked yeah. it into that second gear, it was really good. And then the finish happens and people are like, it's overbooked. Edge ah. is healed. Jey Uso helps Roman Reigns again. Can Roman just win a match on its own? I actually, I, I'm not a hater of the finish. 
I think they could have done it better, but I hate, I, I'm not one that says this was a bad finish. I think it needed to be done this way. It was really the only way. If the goal is to at least make it a triple threat match, this had to be the way it was finished, especially with edge getting involved and hitting uh, the chair on both guys and walking out and essentially turning heel. I think that was the right call to do this. I agree. And, you know, I think WW, this could be a good sense that WWE has learned from past mistakes, if you want to think about it that way, because think about back when Batista ended up winning the Royal Rumble, when everybody and everybody thought that Daniel Bryan deserved it and should have been put in that position, and he he didn't. I think this is them saying, okay, we can sense that right now Daniel Bryan's starting to get some momentum again. He's starting to get hot. We can't force Edge in a position right now where he's going to go out there one-on-one with Roman. We're going to leave Daniel out of the match, and fans could potentially get upset again. And I'm not saying they always have to please the fans, but I think they're starting to sense that Daniel Bryan is picking up that same momentum that he typically does around this time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the only way that they were able to ensure that everybody was going to be put in a position that where they look best Roman is going to continue to do his thing. Uh, Daniel Bryan is essentially going to be the underdog in this and help. Okay. Well, if edge isn't going to be the baby baby face in the match, because it's not one-on-one anymore. Well, all right, let's just turn him heel. We know edge is better as a heel typically anyway. Right. He's the rated R superstar. So, right. Um, why not run with that? It works. Right. So the question now, Jay Uso gets involved again. The question is, how does he fit into this story? Does Daniel Bryan have to beat Jey Uso? Because if you listen to the commentary, they laid it on pretty freaking thick. Daniel Bryan had to beat Triple H and then win a, a triple threat match to, to win the, the championship of WrestleMania. How many times was that told in yeah. commentary last night? I feel like what's going to happen is Jay and Daniel Bryan night one, Bryan wins, gets put into the triple threat in night two. Originally, I thought it was going to be fatal four-way. But they laid it on thick. Like, they're going to try to repeat WrestleMania 30 with this story. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe the most revealing thing of all throughout the match, or with Roman Reigns specifically, is you're really, really starting to get the sense that Roman Reigns isn't the guy he's pretending to be or trying to convince the fans he's the guy who he's pretending to be. And I mm-hmm. don't know if this is on purpose and the, the WWE is actually trying to do this, but... Think back to when WWE was trying to force Roman Reigns down everybody's throat. Yep. He was the guy that was put in a position that was essentially more or less pretending to be the guy that they wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's essentially the same thing just from a heel approach. He is the guy that's going out there every week claiming to be the most dominant guy in pro wrestling, but he can't get anything done by himself. He either needs help from Jay Uso he needs help from uh, Paul Heyman. We see it time and time again. Most of these matches, Roman Reigns is getting his ass kicked in. I mean, Daniel Bryan got a lot of offense in last night. Kevin he Owens did. has beat the crap out of Roman Reigns in a majority of their matches. So yep. it's the same Roman Reigns pretending to be the guy that he's frankly not. And does that tell, does that become part of the story somewhere down the line where, you know, mm-hmm. if Roman ends up retaining at WrestleMania, does he put get put in an element like a steel cage match or hell in a cell where he he's left to defend for himself and gets exposed? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, thinking out loud here, but that was my thought process throughout the match, that Roman is not the guy that he pretends to be. Daniel Bryan is still the underdog, and Edge 
is still Edge at his core. You know, he's going to do what's best for Edge. He can right. come out, talk about his comeback, talk about his rehab, but he's still the guy that screwed over plenty of people in his original run in WWE. Now, this is going to be the first show with fans in over a year. <laughs> How do you think the fans are going to react, or at least cheer or boo, heading into this WrestleMania match? If it ends up being a triple threat, obviously Daniel Bryan's going to get cheered. This do you really expect one. do you really expect Edge to be booed and do you expect Roman to be booed because a lot of people love the new character do they really have someone get booed regardless of this like it's uh, obviously yeah. I think Edge turned heel last night Roman has been a heel and Daniel Bryan is the underdog babyface so who gets booed if anybody WrestleMania night well, Edge is so good at being a heel that if he's truly intending to be a heel going into WrestleMania, he'll get the fans to boo him. It, do it doesn't matter. I think he's good enough where if that's what he needs people to do, he'll convince them to boo him. Mm -hmm. uh, Roman's the tough one. I, I think that Daniel Bryan probably is going to get a warm reception. I think that people will still get behind him. I don't know if we'll be at the same level or extent that he was when he had his run during Yes, movement, mm -hmm. but he'll be pretty over. Yeah. Depending on how they build it. And Roman is still going to have his core group of fans that are probably going to cheer him too. Right. But I, I don't know. Like, if I hear Roman's music, usually it's followed by a sea of booze when there's fans there. Now, obviously, there are because Kevin Dunn pipes them in. But right. I don't know if he, I don't know if the fans are actually going to boo. It depends what kind of fans are there. If it is the diehard wrestling fans that are on social media and comment on all these videos and podcasts, whatever, I think he actually gets at least a mix, if not a lot of cheers more than booze. I think like the crowd, like it's going to be very confusing to the average listener. Like, wait, why is everyone getting cheered in this match? Who the hell's the heel? Doesn't even matter yeah. anymore. Yep. So, but uh, we have about 10 minutes left here. So, we will take some questions. They're going to go in the order of how they were given in the live chat using the hashtag question. You could cut that line, though, by donating to the Super Chat Party. Any dollar amount, your question will be answered or whatever shout-out that you have here. Um, also, don't forget, we have March, uh, Merch of Mania going on. 20% off all our merch using the promo code MANIA. Link in the description for that. And, of course, subscribe, hit that bell for notification, and like this video if you enjoyed our live chat so far on Andrade. And also um, uh, WWE Fastlane. So here's the first one. Uh, did you hear that Big Show wants Mark Henry in AEW? I did not. Did you, Ralph? I saw people talking about it, but I've never seen anything confirmed or haven't heard anything said about it. So I have not. Uh, next one is, do you think that Cody Rhodes turns heel to bring back and bring back the black hair and black suits? Uh, eventually, yes, I do think he's going to turn heel. I don't know. He made a comment on, I think it was Twitter, and he basically said that those days of him turning heel are over. The, like, he has too much of a following. He does not want to uh, turn heel. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what if he anything, said. If anything, if fans were back, I think he might almost get the Cena effect. We'll see. But uh, let's see. Next question here. Again, I'm going in the order that I see them. And again, using the hashtag question for your questions to be answered. Uh, this is more of a comment, but he said, I would have King of the Ring and have Ki uh, Corbin lose the King gimmick, let Apollo Crews win the King of the Ring tournament, 
and have Booker T as his manager, we could have King Apollo face Roman eventually. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at yeah. all. What What are your thoughts on that? I like it. I think I think that Corbin needs to get away from that character anyway for what's best for him. Mm-hmm. I think I actually find I think Corbin's one of the more underrated guys. I he think is. he's capable of a lot more. Right, but he got put in that scape. He was the scapegoat for the ratings, and it has not been good for him since. But underrated worker, very good promo, I think. But for some reason, people just don't like him. I, I'm sure we'll be told in the comments why that is. But how would you book Rhea Ripley on the main roster? Should she go to Raw or SmackDown? Also, the reason Charlotte wasn't present uh, in recent was that she is self-isolating, and that is a report from Fightful. So... I mean, Fightful's a valid source. I didn't, I didn't see that article myself, but Sean Ross Sapp does a very good job on Fightful, so it's possible. But for Rhea, I thought she would have been better off on SmackDown, but I bet you they put her on Raw to go with Charlotte. Eventually, that's yeah. going to be the match, whether that's Mania or SummerSlam. That match is happening, so you need her on Raw. Once the draft happens, probably in October, she moves to SmackDown. Yeah, I, I think she she's going to have to go through Charlotte only because of the loss from last year. So I think it's inevitable she goes to Raw, probably has a good run, and then we'll see. All right, Ralph, here's one. Who do you think would win in a promo battle, you or Jim Cornette? Oh, God, not me. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. <laughs> no, Jim Cornette, obviously. I know people hate him, but he's definitely a good promo. Uh, Big E versus Cruz could be a good storyline if you do it right for Roman versus Big E. Heyman turn on Roman and Big E turns heel by Cruz helping. And then E is a Heyman guy. Long-term storyline. So Big E and Apollo help beat Roman. Paul Heyman helps in the process. They both become Paul Heyman guys. If I re- if I read that correctly. Uh, it's possible. I mean, Apollo's been kind of, what's that, uh, talking smack. They've, yep. him and Apollo have been kind of buddy, buddy on that show. They have, they have. And, and Apollo Cruz has got some really good promos on there. So yeah. we did get a $5 donation to the super chat party. Thank you, Eric Aida. I hope I pronounced that correctly. If not, let me know in the live chat. Uh, they call Britt Baker the face of the women's division in AEW, but continue to have her lose big matches. When do you see that turnaround? When's her next match? Yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> come out, let her come out, cut a good promo. Assuming she cuts a good promo, maybe have her ha- let her have a match, and that should that should really be the start to her build. Another uh, interesting thing: Camille did win this week. She's the number one contender for the NWA Women's Championship, right? Yes, she is. So, do we see her in AEW? Camille? Yeah. Well, it depends if they have that match with Serena Deeb on Dynamite or on right. NWA Power. I would think it's on NWA Power or some show with NWA. But just something that I thought of when she did win. And if Camille goes to AEW, do we finally see Nick Aldis? Because he's been talking up that NWA World's Heavyweight Championship as the real belt. And right. he actually called Kenny's belt uh, just a two-year-old title. It has no prestige. He is... Uh, I forgot what podcast it was, but I saw it on Twitter and he made the comment and the kid, God bless the kid that was interviewing him. Like, I think the answer that Aldis gave him, he was so like caught off guard that he, he did not have a response for it. He's like, so wait, so you think your title's worth more? 
Yeah, what because are you expecting to say? <laughs> wait, was... is he in kayfabe right now? No, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, not everybody's a good interviewer, but I, I, I just found it funny. Like the kid just it looked like he was caught off guard. But uh, you ever notice every character that Bray Wyatt has, Vince finds a way to screw up. Do you blame Vince or do you blame? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if I could like. Vince obviously booked Goldberg to beat The Fiend. So in that regard, yes. I don't know if he's, who is really behind the characters of The Fiend and the whole story with Randy. Is it all Vince? Like Vince signs off on it. So obviously he has the final say on everything, but what writer is helping with this? How much input does Bray have in this? Yeah, I think Vince gives a lot of, um, Vince gives a lot of leniency. creative leniency with Bray Wyatt. He gives him that trust that I don't think others do get. So maybe it's just Bray is hurting himself more. But again, some people love the character and some people hate the character. So I don't know if really you could say that Vince has found a way to ruin him if people still like him. I don't know. But uh, let's see. Next question. Was WCW sports entertainment or pro wrestling, not including their final two years? I hate this debate. I, they're, they're the same thing. They are the same thing. I don't know. Where do you draw the line? What's What defines what pro wrestling is versus sports entertainment? I, I mean, I see this argument all pro the time. Pro wrestling. Oh, okay. Here's the, here's the difference. Pro wrestling, I think to, to most people, is two guys just have a match. And the story is one of them's trying to win. That so is Ring of Honor. Yes, Ring of Honor tournament. Okay, New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's pro wrestling. Sports entertainment is you got to have storylines. The wrestlers have to cut promos, stuff like that. That sport, like this, basically WWE is sports entertainment. Everything else is pro wrestling. Although AEW does do sports entertainment too because you have guys that can cut good promos and tell good stories and you need that to sell the show and the pay-per-views. So I think WCW was sports entertainment and it's not a bad thing. I I know people think, oh my God, sports entertainment is such a terrible thing. We can't call it sports entertainment, but it is sports entertainment. It is sports-based entertainment. That's all it is. It's not a bad thing. That's what wrestling is. It's not a sport, and to some people, it's not entertainment, but it's sports-based entertainment. Simple as that. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, Vince McMahon really just redefined what a new terminology for pro wrestling for the modern age, because mm-hmm. you can have, there's really good pro wrestling in a lot of different places, and you can find it, but for what WWE is trying to do for with AEW is trying to do when you're on national television, you can't just go out there and put on a pro wrestling show and hope that people gravitate towards it. You need people to get, um, you need people to be invested in the product. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the only way you can do that is with some type of drama, suspense, getting people invested, drawing them in, giving them a reason to care. Right. Are you more interested in Roman Reigns because of his work rate? Because his work rate hasn't really changed. Since he's come back from SummerSlam. No, you're more invested in him because of his promo, because of his character, because of his 
his presence in the ring, the entertainment aspect of the sport of pro wrestling? Are you more in- invested in a guy like Kenny Omega because he has all these great matches or because he has this character now with Don Callis and he's going to impact wrestling and stuff like that? Some people might say they just like him because he has great matches, but some people might be more invested because he's actually a character now on AEW. Moxley is more of a character in AEW. That's the Steve entertainment. Austin. Steve Austin, Dusty Rhodes, and Ric Flair. Those are entertainers, but they're damn good wrestlers. But yes. they're entertainers too. So sports entertainment, I feel like people find that as such like this taboo word. We can't call wrestling uh, sports entertainment. It is. It is sports entertainment, and it's not a bad thing. But one more question before we head out here. Uh, thank you very much to our uh, donators, Eric, and also Harold, for your donations to the Super Chat Party. But final question here, Ralph. Where do you think Tessa Blanchard's going? Where do you think Taya Valkyrie ends up, on NXT or the main roster? Uh, Taya Valkyrie, I see going to NXT. Tessa Blanchard, I don't know. I still don't know if anybody's willing to touch her. I don't know. Um, if I were to guess, I'll be uh, this. I'll be consistent with what I've said. If she goes anywhere, any prominent place, it's going to be um, NXT, WWE. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the AEW thing for a while, but if she's not there now, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think she ends up, if anywhere, WWE. But she may never wrestle again. She may be blackballed. I don't know. Who knows? But I'd like to thank everybody for joining us here for our review of WWE Fastlane. Also, talking about Andrade. Let us know in the comments what you guys think of Andrade, where he ends up after his release from WWE. Also, we got Merch of Mania going on. 20% off all our merch with the promo code MANIA. Link is in the description. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. For Ralph Valenti, my name's Michael Valenti saying so long. For the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.